podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host, Ajit. Today, joining us in this podcast episode is a really special guest. Hello, Andrew. Welcome to the podcast. Good evening. Good afternoon, Ajit. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, I hope, uh, you know, things are good in Bangladesh. So, I understand you're in Mirpur, aren't you? Yes, correct. Yeah, I've been... Um... As my friends say, old Mirpur or Mirpur 12 near Pallavi. All right. Nice. From your accent, it's pretty clear you have an antipodian origin. Uh, but you Correct. live and work in Bangladesh. So that must be a very interesting journey. Would you like to tell us a few things about how you ended up in Bangladesh? Yeah, sure. I, um, I've been here now. Well, ironically, I arrived here during the 2019 ODI uh, World Cup, which was in England and Wales. Um, I'm in education, so I had finished my contract in Indonesia and I had an option of going, I've worked in China, so I had an option to go to Taiwan and Vietnam. And then I was approached from um, a, uh, an education consultant in Bangladesh. And I thought, well, um, Vietnam and Korea, uh, sorry, Taiwan, I can always go back there. Uh, Bangladesh, um, not too many Westerners have been to this part of the world. Uh, personal interest and pursuit being cricket being one of them, Kolkata, uh, West Bengal, uh, next door, very close, um, and the Himalayas. I thought, yep, I'd have some opportunities to also explore I have travelled around Bangladesh, but, uh, for example, going to Eden Gardens um, to watch a game of cricket would be would be interesting. Nice to hear. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, here in Bangladesh, it's um, it's lucky to uh, 2.19, so for the last full-blown BPL, um, which had foreign players, um, yeah, I had some association with Rashahi Royals, uh, who won the title that year. Pretty nice. Pretty nice to hear. And how many countries did we count? We counted, I think, Thailand, Indonesia, China, Vietnam. Yeah, Hong Kong. And Bangladesh. Yeah. Uh, Hong Kong. Holy cow. Yeah, Malaysia, Singapore. Um, yeah, about about 10 countries, yeah. I've been on the, on the run, so to speak. Well, not from the law, but um, uh, yeah, living in Asia since 2008. I'm more acclimatised to this weather than the, uh, the horrendous winters we get in Melbourne, where my family uh, currently reside in, in Australia. Well, I mean, even if you were to be fleeing from the law, your secret is safe with us. No worries. Apart from the jokes, if you were to talk about the serious things. Yep. How is the COVID situation now in Mirpur and in Bangladesh? Um, it seems to be seems to be fairly well under control. Um, overall, this time last year, life was fairly fairly normal, um, except for uh, 
the sector which I work in being education, that was that was still closed down. But um, uh, this time last year, um, yeah, the people weren't overly concerned about it. It was, it was we got hit with the um, the uh, waves that went through India in, in March and April, and consequently shut down the IPL. Um, from there, things were fairly bad for. Uh, until about say August, uh, September. Now it's fine. It it's, um, it seems to be pretty much back to back to normal uh, with this new uh, Omicron variant um, that's just reared up. It's people are a little bit nervous, and plus being the, the colder season um, as we're going into winter, or the colder weather here in Bangladesh, as you know. Um, People just need to be need to be wary, um, but yeah, uh, I think the overall it's been handled well. It's been handled quite well when you when you consider the, the population of Bangladesh, and you know, people. Um, I guess if they wear their masks, um, then that should, if we do get another um, outbreak um, over the next two months with the colder weather. Um, it should be contained. All right. Especially for my, 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 my many friends up in Silet. Um, it's very cold up there this time of year. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been bad overall everywhere, I would say so. But here in the Netherlands, we, we were hit by another uh, wave, unexpectedly, frankly. Yep. And um, it, it, it got as worse as ever. So even worse than the last winter, uh, we were having one and a half times more the number of cases compared to last winter. So the government has started enforcing certain lockdown-like conditions. And I think they revisit it every 15 days to see if they need to be going stricter or maybe a bit more loose. So for now, we are still sort of uh, sort of in a lockdown-like situation. And uh, the I think this, this these strict measures are beginning to slowly take some, uh, you know, some effect. The uh, number of cases that are being registered every day is dropping. Most people here are double vaccinated if you want to be you you can definitely be vaccinated here it's not a problem okay that's that's a good thing so at least we expect a lot more cases but not a lot of deaths but for a couple of weeks uh, i think it was bad that the number of uh, number of hospital intakes grew very alarmingly therefore they had to go in with the lockdown snap lockdown almost okay so that's one thing but i think it's it's slowly going the other way around so yeah. it's slowly recovering so we are hoping you know we snap out of it around new year and we are or even at least during the winter holidays, and we are able to go visit uh, our friends and family wherever uh, close by they might be. Excellent. So. Yeah, here, here it's, um, yeah, just, as you know very well, and uh, fellow listeners, that um, uh, just the facilities, um, in particular cold storage, from just the vaccine, for example, um, it's just it, the government has done and the medical. Um, the medical industry, the medical professionals um, who are in control of assisting with the, the Ministry of Health. And overall, they've done very, very well. I mean, March 2020, and uh, what I'm hearing on social media and on, on different reports from friends outside of Bangladesh was that, oh, Bangladesh is going to have tens of, not just millions, tens of millions of come to this because of the Unfortunately, due to the um, the lack of, of medical facilities, as opposed to uh, developed or uh, Western countries, I mean, there's only one thousand 
ICU bed in the, in the actual country. But um, yeah, no, it, it, it's it was it's been a struggle. Um, but I think we can get through these, get through uh, the, the cold season now. It should be fine. But uh, you know, last year caught everyone off guard when, as I said earlier, just with the with the IPL, um, you know, the, the monsoon and the hotter weather. Uh, but actually, that's when it actually got out of control. Whether that came, it, it's too much to speculate. But um, yeah, it's at the moment um, they're doing quite well. Good to hear. Now, if you were to go towards uh, some of the on-field uh, news, well, first, I think we should take a quick look at the uh, first test, the first Ashes test that's currently underway. All right. Between, uh, well, England and Australia in Gabba, Brisbane, right? So, well, after about two days, England seemed to be sunk. Well, they made only 147 on the first day. They were all out. And on the second day, in 84 hours of play, they have conceded 343 for seven. With Travis Head still 112 not out, batting at almost T20 strike rate. Exactly, yeah. So, do you see England turning this one around? I think it will be very difficult, um, even with the, um, the intermittent rain, which is forecast for Brisbane um, for the remaining three days. I think it will be very tough for them. If Australia can, tomorrow should be should be a, an excellent batting pitch tomorrow, uh, being day three. Um, England would really need to take the final Australian wickets quite quickly. And you know, then they're still looking at uh, nearly a 200-run deficit in the first innings. Um, and then with uh, Stokes, I mean, Stokes only bowled nine overs today. Um, two spells of three overs, one of one over and, and one of two overs. So, And he was very gingerly walking around the ground at some stages. So uh, they could be a bowler down. And I think Australia, with their tactic of targeting uh, Jack Leach, um, trying to put his confidence uh, out for not just this test match, but for the remainder of the series, um, it's going to be tough for England. Look, uh, there are two points there. One, with Stokes, well, I think he might shake it off or he might sleep and wake up in a slightly better way tomorrow. Well, yeah. You don't know. But also Stokes, the batsman, is probably more important to this team as things stand, yeah. right, in this test. And as long as he's bat, he's able to bat relatively pain-free, he might do the job, as in at least take them to a point where they have something to defend in the second innings, right? But it, it, looks like a, it looks like a long shot as things stand because, you know, if you can see 200 plus runs against such a rampant attack, you might get a 50-run lead or something, but uh, you would end up losing. So that's the current status England are in. But what's with all the no-balls and all that no-balls being missed uh, of his bowling? Yeah, it's, did you uh, see that? Yeah, it's a strange one. It's um, I know for the um, for the Australian rules football channel seven, um, who also have the cricket broadcasting rights. Um, and I have I actually had friends in well, when I was still living in Australia who were actually cameramen for Channel Seven. Um, I don't know. It, it's um, for some reason. Um, I, I, I mean they. They don't test these things before before the actual um, test match starts. I mean, we had one, I think we had one minor incident um, 
in the BPL back in the 2019 edition where um, uh, one of the systems wasn't working correctly, but that was that was amended in 20, 30 minutes. So I, I really can't. The technical side, it's probably beyond me. It, it's more than just having a camera um, focused on the uh, on the uh, the actual crease itself. And I guess the other the other question with that is um, the communications. I think David Boone's the the match referee. And you have the third umpire and the two on-field on umpires. So after the after uh, Warner was dismissed off the no ball, and of course they show the replay on the screen live in the stadium. I don't know why the umpires there was a lack of communication because he then bowled uh, another ten no balls after that. <laughs> I suppose we uh, they they counted fourteen instances where he overstepped the uh, overstepped the mark. I think the explanation that's come through is that uh, the front foot technology, the alerting technology that the third umpire would you know, keep track on was not working well. So they could only spot it when they actually had to replay it for a decision. Yeah, yeah. Right. Normally, that maybe that camera was not operational at all times or something like this. It is not absolutely clear, but that 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 was extremely weird considering the, the no ball was only caught when they actually replayed it when he was actually dismissed and as a part of a routine check, they replay it and then they see it's a no ball. Exactly. And before that and after that, there is no chance of catching it or apparently there wasn't. So that was very weird. Yeah. But, you know, the way Jack Leach was targeted. So uh, teams have done this. So earlier this year, uh, India targeted him. If you remember, Rishabh Pant hit him similarly, right? So 10 or 70 or 8 or 70 or something like this. So, but he came back from that. In this case, it remains to be seen. The conditions are not in his favor, right? There in India, you would expect at least conditions would be in his favor, but here they're not. No. But you never know. Eh? So it's about mental resilience at the end of the day. If you are a spinner, you know when you toss up the ball. I'm a spinner myself. You can get tonked around, right? It's just about remaining brave, sticking to a plan, and yep. trying to adjust the length and the line in such a way that it shoots the plan, exactly. right? So I, I'm, I'm hoping uh, he's able to bounce back. And he's able to, you know, still make a contribution because apart from him, the other spinners, Dom Bess, yeah. right, isn't uh, really much up to it. At least internationally, he's not all that experienced. Jack Leach is more experienced than him. So it remains to be seen how uh, how the remaining uh, remaining days of this test goes. Because as we say, it might be very tough for England to bounce back. But it may be about battles within battles, you know. It's fight test series. They might lose, but they might lose with their heads held high, as in I mean, they might not lose by an innings, but they might, you know, uh, at least fight and make Australia bat again, take one or two wickets. There, you know, it seems like a more or less even game. At this point in time, it doesn't. So, however, there are also uh, instances of miracles where one's batted out 517 for one, something yeah. like this. But I don't see that happening, at least. Really, their top order cannot be compared to the one that did it. Uh, the actual start to the... Um... The England innings was actually quite bizarre with uh, Burns being bowled around his legs. Um, only the, the second time in in Ash's history that um, a batter has been dismissed in the first ball of the Test match. Um, that really set England England back. Um, and of course, I mean Captain Joe Root. I mean, 1500 odd uh, Test runs so far this calendar year, um, making a duck. Um, I can't say I, 
for England's sake, I, I, I can't, I don't think they will find themselves in the same position um, as they did in the first innings. And the wicket, the wicket tomorrow, the pitch should be, um, when they actually do bat, um, it should be quite, it should be fairly true. I mean, Brisbane plays four and five. Um, it will turn up a little bit more, but insofar as the the pace um, trio that Australia are, are operating with, um, they shouldn't have that that uh, damaging effect which they did in the first innings. Right, right. Look, when you compare the two sets of fast bowlers, it's quite a contrast because at least I must say probably the fourth bowler is a better way to put it because. The three bowlers were okay. I mean, yeah. look, Stark can always give you that X factor. He can always give you dismissals no matter which form of cricket you're playing. He'll give you some dismissals very early on. And that's why he had like a two-hour spell initially. Yeah. Then the workhorses, Hazelwood continued from one end while the other attacking option he has, the skipper, commends himself. He brought himself on. You cannot compare the spinning uh, options between the two teams. Somebody who has 400 wickets to, with all due respect, Jack Leach, who was targeted. Right? Yeah. But... What really stood out for me was that the fourth bowler for England was taken for like more than 150 runs. Yeah. Right yeah. in like 20 to 23 overs. That's the big deal, right? That's the big difference as well that they're scoring at four and over currently Australia, right? So even if they last, that's probably their plan, right? Even if you last for 80 overs scoring at four and over, you have built up enough of a lead that the game is dead. And that's, that's exactly how they went through it. So yeah. I don't think I'll be able to get up that early. Probably it's a bit easier for you, but for me... It starts in the middle of the night. Yeah. So, I I hope that when I'm awake tomorrow, I'm able to still see that there is some some interesting cricket left. That it's not England 5 down or 6 down and floundering all over the place. But I expect that they'll, they'll mount a fight back. Look, uh, Pope did his bit. Butler looked in good touch, right? Yeah. And the others got a good ball. Like, yeah. you get, they just were worked out. So, there's not a lot of shame there. Hasib Hamid showed a lot of stickability. I think Malan, you could say, was probably he could he could have left the ball, but they all got a bunch of good balls. So Australia should be given the credit. So let's yeah. really hope you know they are able to uh, salvage something England and take it further into the series because four more tests to come after all. You know, speaking of all of this, I must say uh, I forgot to mention where we know each other from. You are on Twitter. We both are fans of Kerala Cricket Radio and Kerala Cricket Podcast and their uh, broadcasts, isn't it? You always have a little bit of bias. Um, if if the, the test have been played in England or India or Australia with some local commentators, so the great thing about guerrilla cricket um, is that it's uh, a passionate uh, family of uh, contributors, whether people are actually commentating on the game, um, but people like yourself, myself, and the many, many friends that I'm sure you've met um, who interact via. Twitter, and we can all, um, using the old cliche, we can all throw our two bob into the hat and express our express our thoughts. And it, but people are going alive, you know, the most important thing. <laughs> of course, no, of course, that's that's a good point. So those of us who listen and continue to listen should also support them. That's a very good point you've made. You know, but I can't help but tease. You are Australian, but. You don't always seem to be supporting Australia. At least in this instance, you don't seem as joyous as you should be. 
No, I mean, I, um, all right, I, I, I mean, I have, um, I have about six Bangladesh cricket shirts over the last, uh, from the last six years. Okay, I've only been here for uh, three years, but um, no, as I said, with um, the opportunity I had with the with the uh, the BPL, um, you know, I, I met different um, individuals from going back then. It was uh, uh, we had a team from Runcor, um, Chabagram, of course. People are just very passionate. I mean, I, I can get in the bus tomorrow, or I can walk down to the the Merpel Girls School, which is uh, to up after the, the roundabout near the, the National Stadium, and there are people there training, playing cricket all the time. Um, I, I walk in there every now and again and, and show my ugly head. Um, you know, who's this silly old man? What's he doing here? Um, but it, it's it's passionate, and, and as, as you'd know, um, even on the side streets. Um, Someone can find a piece of bamboo, um, get a couple of bricks, uh, game and cricket is on. Absolutely. The passion that we people from uh, South Asian uh, subcontinent have for cricket is something else. So I grew up playing cricket on the streets, just exactly like what you said. So okay. we always do it. And uh, it's we play on top, on rooftops, on the streets. Yeah. You know, apart from all these maidans and grounds we have, of course, and of course, organized cricket. But... It's, it's a real national pastime. <laughs> any any part of South Asia, I think, these days. Without getting too too far involved into it, um, just from what my, my friends have told me, I mean the uh, the actual cricket stadium now. When I tell my friends that it, it was actually designed for football, and uh, as I said, I'm I'm in my fifties. Um, the Bangladeshi uh, friends I have here who are who are my age. Um, They've told me, and I've, I've done some research myself, but uh, Bangladesh were a powerhouse in football in this region back in the uh, a few decades ago. But uh, for various reasons, that fell off, and the benefit of cricket and cricket is um, one sport that really unifies this country, and it's a sport where. Um, Bangladesh can actually compete and beat uh, the world's best, as was proven in the like the, the famous victory against South Africa in the 2019 ODI World Cup in England and Wales. It's um, it's a very big part of, of people's lives here, and it, it, it's it's fantastic. Indeed, I think we should then straight away dive into the other thing: the Bangladesh uh, Pakistan Test that just finished. Yes. Probably the result was a bit uh, disappointing for you. Right, the way things have gone on. Unfortunately, it was another innings defeat, and that meant the series was lost, whitewashed, two uh, nil. Pakistan won it, and thanks to a very, very good test by the off-spinner Sajid Khan, who took uh, 14, and also the opener, the Pakistani opener, scored a lot of runs. Right, but uh, as a Bangladeshi fan, what are your thoughts about how the series went? Um, all right. Um... About the second test, and then we can um, just go back to the, the Chattagram test. Um, yeah, sadly, the weather the weather was um, played a big factor in the in the test match itself. Um, you know, this time started Saturday last week, and uh, the weather was fine. So, consequently, 
Pakistan wanting to uh, winning uh, for winning the toss and batting, um, they use the conditions of being near for pitches come under a lot of criticism from the, the tours of Australia and New Zealand for the T20s. But the, um, the New Zealand series wasn't as bad as Australia. The white ball games that uh, were at the start of the, the, the Pakistan tour, the pitch wasn't doing anything out of the, uh, out of the blue, so to speak. Um, it was a good toss to win. Sadly, just, uh, Bangladesh just couldn't get the breakthroughs. And be, uh, we had a change in uh, change in the in the actual team itself, um, but that was just a sad. I mean, you look at Pakistan; they've fifty nine for the opening partnership. Sadly for Bangladesh, in the four innings that they played, um, fifty nine. They were probably in, in most of the innings. They were probably four, five, or six wickets down. Yeah, just just couldn't get the wickets. Couldn't get the wickets. Uh, then the rains came. It was very the uh, that was today's Thursday. Um, Tuesday when we actually got back to play, it was um, I thought maybe Pakistan had had batted a little bit longer. I I was suggesting during the morning session once they got to lunch that um, yeah, get to two sixty two seventy and then. Um, Throw Bangladesh in because you're running against the time. Okay, the weather forecast, as we as we know, it didn't rain. Um, but for the fact that they they went on to 300, um, that's and in, into the nearly an hour into the second session of day four, that surprised me a little bit. But um, sadly, um, Bangladesh could only reply with 87 runs. Indeed. I think the second match was lost right in the first innings there for Bangladesh. All they had to do was bat out the remainder of day four. Yes. And, uh, you know, they, they gave themselves a very good chance then of probably taking the game deeper into day five. So they did bat out day four, but like they were all out like in the very beginning of day five. So, so, so much so that they had lost four more wickets even by the lunch on day five. That's where the problem yes. occurred. Right. So uh, I thought Shakib Hassan played really well. Mushfiqur Rahim, again, lot of experience. Yeah. So they, they did their bit there. But I think that should have happened in the first innings, that desperation to keep it, keep yeah. the innings going. Instead of 87, if even if they had gotten to 130, the difference yeah. would be enough to save the test match. But yeah. look, if you look at it from a neutral standpoint, that test match was not to be lost because considering two and a half days was lost to rain and yeah. you're playing at home in home spinning conditions. So, a lot of credit goes to the way Sajid Khan bowled in the first innings, where he took an 8-4. I think that Definitely. was the turning point of that game. And must be said, some of those shots, I was looking at the highlights. I couldn't catch it live. But some yeah. of those shots in the first innings was a bit loose from, from Bangladesh, right? I think um, yeah. Mo- Mominul Haq's run out in the first innings. And then Shakib uh-huh. already set the way he was dismissed. He made 33 runs, very crucial. That was the highest score. If yeah. he had carried on a bit longer, and the tail did not show any fight in the first innings, right? So we know mm-hmm. Mehdi Hassan can bat. Taijul has the experience. You would expect the other two. I don't count much. They are new. Khalid Ahmad and Ibadat Hussain. But exactly. at least Mehdi and Taijul, you expect they support Shakib, keep him company, and 
that's what i said from 87 i'm not asking 187 i'm thinking more 130 yeah. right another 15 overs you play out that would have given you the game in the second innings exactly. you would have batted out time in the second innings i thought first of all mushfiq and then litton das litton das really played really well both the games right from bat batting perspective and keeping yeah. probably he was pretty neat behind the sticks so overall if you look at it from the series perspective one of the bright points for bangladesh was litton das other yeah. the way i look at it the over reliance still on somebody like shakib alhasan the immediate impact he was able to make once he came back right so with the ball he looked a bit injured he couldn't bowl all that well that showed in the first innings when pakistan batted and yeah. he made runs in both the innings and sort of they were the highest scores so uh, you know uh, it inevitably brings me to the question andrew now they are going yeah. to tour new zealand and there is no shakib in the team There is no Mahmudullah anymore in tests, right? No. What does this really mean for Bangladesh? They are still a learning team, right? As far as touring goes, like most subcontinental teams, they are still sort of learning about how to be yeah. good while touring. But they are going to go to New Zealand, which is one of the most unforgiving places. Even India lost to nil there, right? Most teams exactly. that go there lose. How do you see this tour coming up for Bangladesh? Yeah, it's um, yeah, just the the just a quickly recently on the. The second test was just wrapped up. Uh, just wrapped, just wrapped up. Um, you know, it's um, it's the, the, the lack of actually getting partnerships, even throughout the the, the entire series. Um, if you take away that um, the two hundred odd uh, run partnership that uh, Mr. and Ben Minson made in Chappagram, um, it's just. Is it the white ball cricket and the younger players? Is it, is it actually? Uh, is this something that needs to be directed back to the batting coach? Um, that the the players, um, their ability to concentrate. I mean, just quickly, just to just to just to finish it. That's just with Pakistan. You know, there were four of the part. There were four zero partnerships by Bangladesh. Five partnerships are only one run. Three partnerships only yielded two runs. They had thirty thirty-three of the forty partnerships against uh, Pakistan, but less than twenty runs. Oh yeah. New Zealand, yeah. The, the conditions, um, pitches will be a lot harder. Um, it will be, yeah. It, it's it's a difficult one because um, once again, if, if you look at the The players who actually made the runs in the in the Pakistan uh, series bit was pretty much Lyndon Das and Wasfikur, uh, and then, as you said, with uh, Shakib coming in the second test, yeah, he made what thirty six and and sixty three or something. So he, he's made just from a hundred runs by himself out of a two hundred ninety two that Bangladesh made at Nepal. It will on the batting side. It, it's that's Partially why on um, the fourth day I, I was I, I tweeted that um, from the start of the day's play that you know, sadly Bangladesh can't win this game but Pakistan still could and just the lack of that application um, if they batted the way that they they did in the second innings um, as opposed to the first innings they may not have batted again. <laughs> It, it it will be um, all right. The series kicks off with um, some white ball cricket. 
sort of give them a chance to to familiarise them. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, some of the players did tour New Zealand just before COVID in 2020. Was that correct? I've I've not followed this actually. Uh, Saka, he, he's not actually in the squad this time. The, the players are probably they're probably just landed in Auckland or Wellington, flying directly to in the last few hours. But um, he, he, I remember he played one brilliant innings. He made 140, 140 not out or something. It really just gets back to the for me the concentration factor. You know, as I said, 30, 33 of the the forty partnerships against Pakistan were less than, than twenty runs. Yeah, I think what was it? It was twenty, just over twenty of the partnerships were, were less than ten runs. Batting, yeah, it it you know, be coming up against uh, New Zealand at home, um, and the current Test World champions. Um, uh, it's going to be very difficult. Um, bowling on the bowling side, how, how do you think they'll go there? Look, it'll be a learning curve as far as the fast bowling uh, setup is concerned. Right, you have uh, Ibadat, you'll have Khalid Mahmood, but you'll also have the other known faces, right? Yeah. For example, I'm always uh, very excited about Tuskeen yeah, Ahmed. Tuskeen yeah. Ahmed yeah. is good. Shoriful is good. You also have, yeah. uh, of course, right? So you have Mustafizur Rahman. No, he's not. He's not. Yeah. But okay, I mean, probably he's still injured or he's opted out, like Shakib Mahmood. We don't know. Yeah. That's that's still enough. Shoriful, Shahidul, and you have Tuskeen. That's that's a pretty good fast bowling lineup. The only thing between them, what they lack is some uh, experience. So that's where the that's yeah. where what you have in the support staff really comes through, right? The lens to identify and bowl and keep bowling there consistently. Because in these conditions, your fast bowling uh, team has to come up, has to step up and really deliver, right? Even somebody like Soumya Sarkar could be very yeah. very handy, but I don't see him, see him in the squad because look. Uh, Abu Jayad or even Abu Jayad and Khalid Ahmed might be very useful. They bowl that slightly less than fast where it has more chances of swinging, yeah. right? So that would be good. Yeah. So these people have to step up for me. And the most important thing, look, your bowlers have to deliver. Your bowlers can win your games, right? Be it one day or right. the longer the format gets, the bowler gets more uh, tasks and more work. But the batting still has to set it up, yep. right? Your top order can't be... You can't be 10 for 3 or 20 for 3 at all times. No, no. So, for me, the captain needs to stand up. One of the openers, if not both, have to really make a seri- serious contribution. So, your middle order seems to be okay. If Yasir Ali can come back, you have Litan Das going good. You'll have Mushfikur Rahim. So, that's a re- decent middle order. But then the top three have to see off some 30-40 overs in a test game. Or in a one-day game, you have to set up a platform from 80 or 90, right? Otherwise, you're going nowhere. And they would be extremely testing conditions for the batting, especially with the new ball in any format of the game, right? So if they can stand up and if they can make sure they lay a platform, even if not very fast, right? In the limited overs, you'll have Mahmoodullah as well. So you can count on that. You, yeah. you just have to take the time. As you say, it's about patience, Mahmoodullah has already indicated which way he's going. And then you have Shakib yeah. Al-Hassan and you also have uh, Mushfikur Rahim. I don't see them playing too much beyond 2023 World Cup or so. Yeah, right, yeah. So these other youngsters who've been in and around the setup, Chadman and you have um, Momin, all of these people have to stand yeah. up. They have to make it count. Litton seems to be going yeah. the right way. Soumya probably he'll get another chance. 
so these are all people who've played enough internationals who've been in and around the international setup for five years they have to now translate it into results or as a team right so look at new zealand they've always been punching above their weight because everybody makes that 20 or 30 that's right yeah probably that's what they'll need to do otherwise i'm worried it might be again a very one sided tour because this this home tour of pakistan was a complete write off they did not win a single game i'm worried the same thing might happen when they visit new zealand but yeah. look the only reason why we all watch cricket is because it can still throw up surprises right it's nothing is so much set in stone so we really hope they do well they surprise us all they walk away with at least a couple of victories first of all they have to account good for themselves they can't lose the way they did to pakistan at home but then maybe they are able to give a good account for themselves and take a couple of victories i really don't see them winning any series in new zealand i must be blunt about it your thoughts yeah very 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 difficult yeah they they wouldn't be playing at um at international level that's where for me is it is the white ball actually playing too much in the in the minds of some of the of the players or maybe the younger players i mean all right the the money which could be made in ipl for example that, that's if the players are good enough that's uh, well done to them but the the shots that as, as you mentioned earlier some of the shots that were played in the first innings in nirpur that was just purely from from lack of of concentration and and footwork you know with t20 you can just basically move your front foot so to speak and, and try to open up your um uh open up your chest so you can swing through the ball it, it's um test cricket it's it's you can't you can't do that in test cricket <laughs> so uh and there's no i can't see any the pace um i mean tuskin and uh shredal but they can bowl over 140 um so and i'm sure the the training facilities they have here they do have the the, the ball machine so some of my friends have said oh bangles can't face pace um yeah i i can agree and, and disagree with that it it's um if you have the talent um and the technique um you will find your way through that it's just more practice more more repetition but um yeah with the with the older players who have um been forced to move on from the the, the test squad uh or taken the uh, retirement on their own hands i don't think because because of the the it's a good position to have the, the young players coming through and, and they have to have the experience i mean joy um he just in the first innings at nirpur he he misread the length of the ball that was another thing which which happened in nirpur they weren't reading the the, the length of the ball uh that well but um you know the second innings okay you know, he made six he got off the mark he got a boundary you know, there, there, there's a lot of promise there it's just um especially once we got to you know if you look at the the second innings in Nirpur you you've got Linton and and Mustafa you're putting on 73 then uh Mustafa you're to keep making 50 odd and then when Mehdi Hassan came into bat with Shak- Shakib they put on over a 50 partnership and really that just to just to finish up the Pakistan series um when Mehdi um Hassan uh, when he went out that's when basically Bangor fell apart in that second innings so it, uh, there's definitely um marble to be interesting 
because he's had a, a good um, national competition just prior to to the Pakistan tour. He's averaging over sixty with the bat in the, the national championship, um, and he's come in directly for for Shakib because uh, he also bowls left arm spin. If he gets his chance, let's hope he can uh, make some runs and, and get some wickets. You know, going a little bit more on uh, Bangladeshi cricket, how do you see the Bangladeshi cricket team doing in the Under-19 World Cup that's uh, going to come up shortly? Yeah, it, it's. Um, I think there's there's a, a lot more with the senior team. There, there's a lot more behind the behind the back. The the Under-19 squad, you know, current champions, who you know, they, no one. I remember watching the game with some friends. Um, the final came up um, against India. No one expected them to 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 win the semi-final, but when they got to the the final and beat India, the under-19 squad, they totally outplayed India in the group for the under-19 World Cup. It's Bangladesh, England, Canada, and UAE, so they should they should progress. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It's in, in the West Indies, so the they can adjust to the uh, the pitch conditions. That might have some bearing, but there's a lot of lot of very 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 good um, young cricketers. And that's something which um, will serve Bangladesh well. It's just that the problem at the moment with the senior team is availabilities and who can they alternate for? Who, like for example, Shakib is taking a rest uh, for family reasons. Fair enough. Good on him. Um, so this is now going to give Mahmoud an opportunity, hopefully, um, on the on the test day. There are some very very good cricketers here. Just the the, the coaching and the perhaps the I don't want to get too far involved with the because uh, it's a, it's a uh, contentious point um, with Domingo as as head coach and Prince as batting coach. Um, many people were surprised that they actually got reappointed. I'll just I'll just leave it at that, but. Um, yeah, that's that's. You still need to practice. You still need to train, so you can then perform at your best um, when the challenge being a, an international match. When you have to confront that. Yeah, indeed. I wish the Bangladesh under nineteen team all the best in the upcoming World Cup. It was it was a bit of a surprise, but uh, I think they deservedly won the previous edition, and hope they put up a really good performance in the upcoming edition as well. I think they should. Yeah. Now. Going on, I think we'll we can quickly go through the India versus New Zealand second test that uh, took place in Mumbai. So the first one was a very closely fought draw, and New Zealand deserved all the credit, yeah. right? But I think India were not to be denied again the second time around. So you know, batting first, they put up three twenty five, which in retrospect was a big enough total on that pitch, right? So this was not a pitch where it was not flat. There was uh, good support for spinners. It was not a rank turner, but there was enough yes. support, right? So I think they did yeah. really well. And well, at least uh, Ejaz Ahmed, the New Zealand uh, spinner, made history taking a 10-4. Yeah. And uh, the lower order from India also contributed a little. Akshar Patel showed that he can also bat a little if required. And India had packed their team with three spinners. And it turned out to be the right move because New Zealand were bundled out for 62 in the first innings. That was a little bit of a surprise there because, first of all, Mohamed Siraj made the breakthrough. At the top of the order, the fast bowler with the new ball reduced New Zealand to three for 17. And from that, they really couldn't recover because spinners barged in. Now the door was open, right? 
So not a lot to write home about New Zealand batting in the first uh, innings. But then India, strangely, as is the want of Mr. Kohli, decided to bat on. Because in most cases, you would expect this is a clear-cut example of trying to enforce a follow-on because you had a 260-run lead on a crumbling pitch. But uh, he decided to bat again. And probably that was crucial because keeping in mind that uh, South African tour was coming, they wanted some probably time for the top order in the middle, right? And they no, they did well. They accounted well for themselves. Agarwal chipping in with the 62 and then uh, nobody else making a 50, but a lot of useful scores. That really meant uh, New Zealand were chasing an academic 540. So the question was, how long would they bat? How much time would they take out of the game? As it turned out, Daryl Mitchell, who replaced the skipper, made a very useful 60. And Henry Nichols, who's usually yeah. very, very uh, dotty in circumstances, he made a 44. I think uh, they miss Watling, who's recently retired, right? So he would always chip in with runs when uh, yeah. they were in trouble. He, he's not around anymore, but the lower order didn't really stick, stick around much. Ashwin took uh, eight more wickets in this test, right? And um, that made him the man of the series as far as India was concerned. And Mayank Agarwal did really well. Uh, enough runs in the test on a low-scoring sort of a test. Yourself scoring 200-plus runs, that's very well done to him. So that was sort of uh, expected for you, or did you see it in a different way? I didn't actually expect the... Um, New Zealand to, to pretty bold out for, for under, under 100. Um, yeah, Kate Williamson not playing in the second test uh, was always going to make um, things a little bit more difficult for New Zealand, but... Um, no, I mean, uh, they had their chances um, when India batted first. Um, as you said, the, the tail wagged um, for India and they managed to push it over 300. Um, but, uh, yeah, to be bundled out for 62, um, no, I, I, I didn't see that one coming, and especially as it was uh, only the second day. Um, there was still plenty of cricket to to, to play. Once again, it was uh, some of my friends should um, should Coley uh, have uh, enforced the follow-on or to bat on? Well, psychologically, um, he just wanted to uh, crush New Zealand, put the game totally out of their out of their control. We'll have a lead of three fifty, four hundred, four fifty. But can you bat? Can you can you survive one fifty, one eighty overs? And uh, of course they didn't. So that was actually um, very tactically very well captained by Vera. Um, but then you need the, the individual players to to follow up. And yeah, I go well making what one one forty odd in, in in one of his digs. Um, it was a mixture of pace and, um, and spin that got the wickets for um, for India. Very well played, and congratulations to them. It, it's it shocked me for the uh, for New Zealand to be to be bundled out for sixty odd runs and for the Test match to effectively be be over on the second day. <laughs> ah, you're right. It was it was very unexpected. If you are uh, you know the New Zealand team that batted so well, kept the game going for so long, it came as a surprise. But that's all. That's all right. It it can happen when you're touring uh, alien conditions. And as you say, the uh, impact exactly. was made by the fast bowler at the beginning where they were 17 for yep. three. And then the, the door was nicely sort of opened up, it must be said, right? So that's one thing. And 
well look a special word of mention for ajas patel i was very unlucky i think it may never happen again in history yeah. that you take a 10 for in an innings <laughs> for let alone a test right yeah. and a 14 for yeah. in a test and you lose so this is i read yes the best uh, bowling analysis to lose a game so previously it was jawagal shrinath exactly yeah. who had a 13 for yeah. and still lost the game now it's a 14 for and he still lost the game uh, poor ajas yeah. but we really hope you know he comes along as they are always a fast bowling uh, a pool uh, their fast bowling pool is always very good new zealand right they are always yeah. a fast bowling powerhouse but yeah. you know he can probably set off a similar trend where they have been doing recently very well in asia right thanks to their batting and yeah. their yeah. dotty spin summerwell was sort of very quiet throughout the series uh, ross taylor was very abnormally quiet it's not it's not uh, normal you see ross taylor not at all making a single contribution that was strange tim saudi did his bit they missed uh, trent bolt terribly here right yeah. strangely yeah. they didn't choose to go with uh, neil wagner i thought second test match neil wagner would play so i was very surprised when he didn't so but okay some some strange things and unfortunate to lose kane williams and he's such a talismanic player everybody knows so well all in all i think uh, india were sort of keen to let's say beat new zealand and they would be happy with the results that they got you know they, recently new zealand has been dealing uh, some blows to india right world test championship the world t20 yep. where they lost again the critical game right so when you look at all this you think yes probably new zealand are uh, on the india's uh, target list so they would be happy there <laughs> suppose right now before Correct. we move on from indian cricket another story has broken today an interesting one that bcci and the selector uh, selectoral pool wanted to unify the odi captaincy uh, or the white ball captaincy right yeah. they wanted to unify it and uh, give it to one person so once yeah. kohli decided to quit the t20 captaincy the one day captaincy has also been taken away from him what are your thoughts on this um yeah but it's depending on how uh once again how how the uh those at uh, the bcci and they're um, looking at their records i mean yeah they were probably india were probably favorite for the 2019 50 ball uh, one day world cup uh, in england the fact that they they didn't um get that trophy or get the no probably heavy favorites probably ahead of england uh for the the t20 world cup that just uh wound up in uae it's it's something that they to, to give it to, to rohit um i mean rohit's he'd be 34 or 35 um 34 and change yeah fan, yeah fantastic uh, player um how much of the ipl influence um sadly for virat rcb haven't been able to to win the uh the ipl title but whereas uh rohit and uh, his franchise they've played very well they've lifted the trophy and with rohit's um, captaincy i don't know whether that was um had more of a bearing on on asking virat to to stand down and uh to pass the baton on so to speak to uh to rohit look uh, rohit is a very capable captain so there's no doubt about it he's one the ipl five times with mumbai indians right 
that is there and he has a proven credentials across multiple uh, levels as well as a captain the thing is um this was more of a management decision from what i come across look kohli yes. yes. the skipper has fantastic numbers so he has a 70% win loss ratio that is that is uh, the highest in uh, odis for india right so this yes. this is like a forced decision because they didn't want three captains for three uh, formats they wanted one uh, white ball captain and one red ball captain so the red ball captain still remains kohli white ball captaincy they just yes. wanted it to be united under uh, rohit the problem is that yeah. it does seem a bit clinical i must say very frankly not very south asian in the way this decision was executed yeah. right uh, and uh, apparently he had been given some time to step down uh, gracefully but he did not he decided to take the board on and the guy who's in charge of the board currently the president mr ganguly is no uh, no slouch yep. he knows sure. <laughs> he's he knows how to deal uh, when it comes to certain heavy handed decisions and heavy decisions he is good at it that's exactly what he did yeah. well look it it does seem a bit harsh on kohli and i totally agree that you know maybe he could have been given a little bit more chance but if you look at the longer term the next odi world cup is in 2023 and the next captain must be given as much time if possible right so when you look at it yes. that way that's the right uh, that's the right move absolutely for me yes definitely yeah yeah it's um as you're saying 2023 looking into the crystal ball or, or reading the tea leaves at the bottom of my of my cup um yeah um rohit being what 34 going on 35 now he'll be he'll be pushing he'll be 36 going on 37 for him to have a drop in form to have what i'm finding out is for him to have such a drop in form that he wouldn't make the team that that's very that's highly unlikely um as you said he he's led the uh Mumbai uh, brilliantly in his, in his uh his time playing for the Indians if for some reason okay if if injury happens to force Rohit out of the 2023 world cup or some part of the, the preparation who would who who would they turn to as a white ball uh, captain who would be the the, the, the second choice you would think uh, somebody like KL Rahul would be yep like yeah. he's sort of next uh, cab of the rank as far as captaincy and potential is concerned right i yes. mean uh, you could take a punt and go with punt sorry for the pun mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> i would say he still he still should get two to three more years to sort his game out at the highest level right so rahul is yeah. in the right place at this point in time if somebody needs to be uh, replacing uh, Ro- rohit at the last minute so you have a uh, rahul there that's that's my thought process right so yes. how kohli the batsman really comes through is the next question because he's had a sort of a tough it's sort of a tough compared uh, to his high standards right but he's he's in a bit of a yeah. tough and also we have read about certain players not really happy he sort of likes to keep uh, the people guessing and you know the team selection is not often uh, the same that he plays with different teams almost every test yep. Yep. so you know people feel a bit uh, insecure is what we are told he doesn't inspire the same confidence as a leader in players yeah so as yep. a result probably it, it that this may have also worked against him something we got to read but all in all i think it might be the best thing for kohli the player he might be able to you know yep. make sure his career is a bit prolonged at least in the longest format 
and he's back yeah. to his you know 100 hitting match winning ways for india yeah i mean you know in england that uh, the possibility of the of the burnout factor um may have or may affect india in the the t20 world cup um yeah they, the ipl was cut short then they went to to england the final test was um uh has been re it's been delayed until july next year uh for england india and then basically off to pretty well much um a short break uh but then straight into the ipl playing a full ipl or half of the ipl um in the uae prior to the the t20 world cup but the thinking um yep good okay we're familiarize ourselves with the um with the pitches and the grounds um but i think it it may have caused a little bit of burnout and uh you know, what they made what 150 151 or 152 in the, the opening game against uh, pakistan um but they they couldn't find a way through rizwan and um, and uh, and baba yeah and it was that was also virat's last um last role was captain for the uh, in the white ball form i oh, know that that that's just my own personal thoughts that um, i thought india may have played too much cricket especially white ball cricket leading up to that into the prior world cup which is that's beyond virat's control he can he can't uh, have any effect on if a player gets injured or if a player has a a sudden drop in form kohli was actually given the choice of staying on as t20 captain the management was yeah. not really happy but then he chose no. it as a player right when he did uh, yeah. they were not really keen on multiple captains three captains for three formats and so on so to paraphrase our uh, chairman of the board uh, mr ganguly there there couldn't be yeah. too much leadership that's what he felt yeah yeah right so that's the way he put yeah. it was that but i think it's very clear that they want look there were also talk of uh, rifts between uh, shastri the coach and kohli the player yeah. and leader towards the end so you get to read a lot of these things so uh, it's not really one thing or the other but a culmination of many things now we go with um uh, going back to the england series and uh, ashwin didn't play a test which is which is quite amazing whether that was directly Hmm. um virat's um decision but uh you know we saw what he did um against new zealand that that um yeah but you're saying that the possible conflicts between uh, some of the players i mean if you look at all all three formats um india has such a, a wealth of of talent and you know effectively i think that when um uh, the test team were playing in england and the the the, the white ball team had that series against um uh sri lanka in about july last year um unfortunately hardik pandya come out and came out and said that we're that good that we could have we could field two teams and win every trophy on the on the planet um yeah that, that's great that india has that depth of talent it's just possibly which the the administration looked at the the trophy cabinet since virat had been in control in the white ball format and um sadly um the major icc trophies were missing absolutely look he's led them to finals and semi finals on uh, three separate events 
but uh, you know yeah. that's good but that's not enough for the all the confidence you have i i felt what hardik said was a bit on the boastful side but you know what never mind we'll move past that as things stand it's about the number of trophies in the cabinet yeah. right yeah i think that may have also gone against him you're right so all in all a little harsh on kohli the player but maybe if you have been reading the signs probably many of us saw it coming and uh, the mm. moment he mm. relinquished one format probably the other one yeah. automatically slipped out of his hand as well yeah right now if you were to move on uh, you know the fifth test of the ashes that was supposed to be held in perth yeah is most likely to be moved so it will be melbourne or hobart yeah so what are your thoughts on this maybe after all uh, your neck of the woods melbourne another test yeah um yeah perth or western australia the western australian government that they very strict on their on their uh the covid stance i mean perth the uh the nearest city um adelaide it, it's you know two thousand miles away over two thousand miles um so yeah that's their government decision it's it's sad that uh possibly possibly the quickest uh pitch in the world won't be won't be used i prefer to if they're going to have the fifth test to um give it to hobart mm-hmm. yeah that they played um they played test matches there before uh they regularly play one day games in in hobart um so yeah, I, i i would like to see hobart um and tasmania uh, to be given a chance and uh, it's generally it's it's a it's a fairly it's a pretty true surface story though obviously not as quick as perth but uh yeah personally uh, one one test will be enough for melbourne what the people in tasmania and um play the the final test in I mean, the series will probably be over before um i don't know if that's going to be the only the only maybe some bearing if if the series was locked at 1-1 or um if the ashes could be decided or will, will be decided in the fifth test maybe it's why they 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 might go to melbourne right so i mean that's understandable and uh, i as as you say i would agree maybe uh, giving it to hobart makes a lot of sense and uh, it's a pity one of the fastest pitches out there might not get a test but such are the conditions that uh, yeah, the government wants that's yeah. understandable you know in the longer picture this is not a lot right well the only other question remains will the famous son of hobart turn up there do you think the guy who stood himself down from the team mr payne i think he is sadly for himself i is um, i don't think he'd be, be wearing a baggy green again i think that's his um, i don't think you'll get back into the uh, into into the test into the test ring for australia carry who got the nod this time yeah he's played in the white ball format I think that's why I got the the nod over Josh Inglis, who, uh, uh, just speaking of Tasmania, I think Ricky Ponting was actually um, he was in the uh, in the boat for um, for Inglis to get the nod. Um, so yeah, sadly for for Payne, I don't think um, he'll play again for Australia. Yeah, be, I think they'll stick with Kerry, and then maybe maybe in a year or two, if it's I, I really don't know. Um, I can probably see Inglis as being the the next permanent keeper for Australia. 
I'll see how Kerry goes. He'd be, be he's had the experience in, in one day cricket and a few T twenty. See how he goes this series with a, with test matches. And yeah, that'll be uh, up to the selectors to decide. You've sort of preempted my next question. Yep. Who would be the stand-in skipper in case Cummins you expect at some point in time? You know, he's a fast bowler. He might have to sit out some game. Would they give it to Steven Smith again? Um, yeah, well, once again, if, he, if you look at the... I'm not used to call it the Sheffield Cube, but the, the Marsh Trophy, whatever, the, the first class um, series is called now. I mean, if we listen to uh, a man I actually played one game of cricket against, because I'm from Melbourne, being, uh, Shane Ward, he wanted Stark out of the team for the first test, and he wanted uh, Richardson to um, to take his place. I mean, if, if, that's just, if you're looking at the the first class season, which has just started, he's been terrorising the uh, the batters in in, uh, in Australia. I'd say he will play at some stage in this series because we don't know injuries can occur. And if there is a lack of, uh, a drop-off in form, then, yeah, he'll be the first person called up, I think. Interesting. And then do you see Australia eventually moving towards a unified captaincy model as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, for for Australia, for the fact that um, for the first of all, since which you know, it's over 60-odd years before a, a bowl has actually been captain, that's, Cummins has, has proved himself um, with his stints in the IPL. He actually improved his batting a hell of a lot in the IPL, in my personal opinion. But, yeah, I, I'd say he will stay captain, yeah. But he, he will probably be, be captain in all three formats. They, for obvious reason, Warner, and I mean, Warner's, what, 34, 35? So he, he may only have a couple of seasons left. Smith, he's... To be honest, he's probably pulling a lot of the strings in the first test at the moment, assisting um, Cummins. But uh, would, would they go? But that was a, a conundrum which was brought up this time last year. There were, there were rumours going around that, um, excuse me, that um, Payne would be replaced as captain by Steve Smith. Uh, but at this stage, the off-field, off-field incidents which led to, to Payne um, stepping down that wasn't known to the public. So, and plus on to Victoria, um, New South Wales, whenever they can, whenever they can fit a New South Wales person as a captain, they, for some reason, they always go for a New South Welshman over a, a Queenslander or a Victorian or a Western Australian or South, South Australian, etc. Payne being Tasmanian, that was good, but as I said, I think he's finished. And apart from Cummins, um, yeah, I think Lubbershane, he's He's a little bit too young. So, yeah, I think you're quite correct in what you're saying. They'll, they'll, they'll stick with Cummins and um, see what happens over the next, uh, during the course of the, um, the World Test Championship and other major events until 2023. Let's see how that uh, really proceeds. As far as appointing uh, Payne in the first place, knowing this can of worms might get opened any point in time. Well, look, I'm not going there anymore. But yep. it looks like the Australian board probably had an inkling of such a thing already being, you know, already having taken place. And yep. uh, they still chose to appoint Spain because of his air quotes squeaky clean, clean image, which was what they probably were looking for at that point in time. But, well, what that meant in the long run, in spite of, you know, 
uh, in spite of having some interesting in- incidents in his own past that's hmm. uh, so why i said it it just becomes across as a bit weird but you know we'll 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 park that for another day one small thing to mention the netherlands team in netherlands men's team will be hosted by afghanistan in qatar for a three one day series oh, yes, yes, in yes. january of 2022 so that's a very very welcome yes. news if you are yes. a dutch fan because well the dutch were playing south africa in a one day series yes. and then they had to come back because of the omicron uh, variant they yes. decided to not risk that right yes. and uh, i mean it's interesting how different boards look at these things because um, well we have not heard yet from the indian board but as far as things go it it looks very much like they will be touring south africa for now they have uh, yes. they have come up with a you know a slightly delayed itinerary some matches being uh, let go so that uh, yes. a delayed itinerary can still be made possible so it, it remains interesting that uh, different boards take different approaches but as far as netherlands are concerned at least i'm sure they are happy that there is going to be another chance to play more international cricket and it's going to be in qatar so that's nice to hear to um to bring up or to go back to the T20 but um yeah leading in, into that tournament um the Dutch are playing some brilliant cricket and whatever reasons um yeah let's say they uh didn't perform what was expected in the uh, in the T20 there's excellent players there um it'll be good to to actually have this the opportunity to uh to continue playing um next month indeed all right that was a very very nice discussion thank you andrew i would like to you know ask you if possible would you like to tell where you are easily accessible to our listeners if they want to get in touch with you maybe about cricket yeah sure uh, twitter if anyone as you mentioned earlier with guru cricket um my my cool name or my nickname is farong f a r o n g and well with twitter it has um There's a link for my my email, which um, I, I can give it out now. It's um, it's thunder t h u n d h w a at hotmail dot com. Yeah, that, that's probably the, the the two easiest ways to communicate. Twitter is very very good because it's uh, it's quick and um, you can engage. Yeah, it, 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 it's very good for engaging. Um, with people as opposed to the old uh, the old email address that I just that I just gave out twitter a microblogging platform is probably a really easy way but they also have a mail id to get in touch so as as i said yeah great uh, having this chat with you and uh, you know thank you for the offer no no worries looking forward to you know catching up with you again over a couple of weeks maybe let's see how that goes and uh, yeah of course interacting with you online we are twitter uh, whenever we are following some cricket mm-hmm. maybe listening to gorilla cricket yeah bangladesh the uh, the ladies they, they were playing some good cricket for the uh, and qualified automatically for the uh, for the for the final uh, knockout round of the ODI world cup so yeah that's 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 in a few months time indeed that was unfortunate the qualifiers got uh, cancelled but uh, let's hope the main event doesn't get cancelled the main event goes through Definitely, yeah. So New Zealand, that that should be fine. That's um, yeah. That, that was oh, I was following that tournament. Um, it's good. It, it's as you can probably tell. I'm, I I really enjoy my cricket, and uh, you know, okay, Australia from being brought up in Australia, um, the sporting opportunities 
for um, for females have been around a lot longer than than some of the other countries who are participating and also being professional as opposed to being uh, semi-professional or, or amateur makes a big difference but uh, oh, the, the ladies team here they they serve and represent the country well they I, I have a, a couple of little chats with a, a couple of the, of the, of the members of the, of, the, of the women's team and um, yeah it's it's keeping uh, crickets um, alive across all all genders all ages and uh, yeah, it's been really good. Right then. Thanks a lot for the wonderful chat. And I wish you a good evening and a happy couple of days coming up ahead. Yep. Thank you, Wanajit. And um, yeah, we'll keep in touch on Twitter and um, yeah, we'll follow you uh, back and forth, have our little messages that way and uh, see what happens from there. But thank you for the opportunity. And it's been a pleasure to have a chat with you and to hopefully um, your listeners have had. Uh, enjoy your experience all right then okay. bye okay thank you thank you okay good night this is the armchair cricket podcast <laughs>